if the wing was extremely rigid, that would actually make the turbulence worse. So by allowing the wing to flex a little bit, it lessens the amount of turbulence you feel. Welcome to The Chill Factory, where we make work, school, relationships, and life less stressful. I'm Jordan Friedman. Those sounds, or the six words, flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff, are enough to send pangs or jolts of stress and anxiety through many flyers. In fact, up to 40% of those who fly have some stress or anxiety related to flying. While a subset is so fearful of flying, they won't get anywhere near an airport. The causes of fear and anxiety around flying are not fully understood, but many nervous flyers say that feeling out of control is a big factor. Flying stress may also be fueled by other fears and experiences, including claustrophobia, a fear of germs, a bad experience on a previous flight, concerns about motion sickness, and a lack of understanding about how planes work. One way to ease fear and anxiety around flying is to better understand how planes work and to understand what's going on during a flight. And that's why I've invited a pilot to join us in the Chill Factory today to give us an explainer, particularly around the four biggest sources of stress for flyers. We'll also play a little airplane true or false. And after the conversation, I'll give you more strategies for reducing flying stress, including ones to do long before you fasten your seatbelt. Dave Arazzo is a commercial airline pilot with more than 30 years of experience flying for a U.S. airline. He has over 25,000 flight hours and has flown DC-9, 727, 737, 767, and 777 aircraft, and is currently a 737 captain. Prior to becoming a commercial airline pilot, Dave Arazzo flew the C-9A in the U.S. Air Force. He flew in support of Operation Desert Storm and flew in the Air Force Reserve until retirement. I started by asking him, how do planes stay in the air? This is a question a lot of people ask. There are four forces that act on an aircraft. Thrust, drag, weight, and lift. Thrust comes from the engine and propels the aircraft forward. Drag occurs as you move the aircraft forward through the air. Weight is the easy one. That's the downward force acting on the aircraft resulting, basically, it's gravity. Lift is what, put simply, allows the aircraft to fly. The wing is designed so that the air flowing over the top of the wing has further to travel than the air flowing under the wing's surface. This creates an area of low pressure on the top part of the wing. The higher pressure under the wing tries to get to this lower pressure area, resulting in an upward force on the wing and hence on the aircraft. There are four flight-related happenings that stress people out the most. And I'm wondering if we can talk briefly about each and why they don't need to be as stressful or stressful at all. And the first one is takeoff. And the specific thing that's stressful sometimes, is I feel like either 
we're not going fast enough down the runway to get off the ground and rise sufficiently. Or once the plane has lifted off of the runway, it doesn't feel like we're climbing fast enough. And in fact, sometimes it even feels like during that time that we really should be accelerating, rocketing into the air, the plane is actually slowing down a little bit. Am I imagining that? Or what might be helpful for me and others to know that would make that less uh, nerve-wracking? Every aircraft, every time we go to takeoff, we calculate our takeoff weight. So our weight is based on the number of passengers we have, the empty weight of the aircraft itself, plus the fuel on board the aircraft. So those three things give us a total weight. And depending on our weight, that kind of depends on how long it takes the aircraft to roll down the runway and take off. So a lighter aircraft would be able to take off a lot quicker than a heavier aircraft. So what you might be noticing is different configurations of the aircraft as far as weight. Um, a shorter flight obviously will weigh less than a longer flight. Um, once you lift off, the aircraft is always accelerating. We never slow down. So we lift off at a certain speed and we continue. So in my aircraft, we lift off around 150 miles an hour. And by the time we're 1,000 feet or so, we've already accelerated probably another 20 or 30 miles an hour. And we just continue to accelerate up to 250 miles an hour. The second flight occurrence, and this is the big one for people, if we could talk about this for a bit, turbulence. Yes. <laughs> uh, first off, uh, pilots, flight attendants, anybody on the flight crew, we don't like turbulence any more than you do. We use all our available tools to avoid turbulence whenever possible. So similar to bad weather, turbulence can be forecasted by, by weather forecasters. So we have charts, we use the air traffic controllers, we use other pilots in other airplanes, and we even have an app for turbulence that just came out recently, kind of like a ways in the sky that shows me up ahead of me and on my route what the ride is like at my particular altitude and even above and below my altitude. If an aircraft has flown through there recently at that altitude, I can see what the projected uh, turbulence situation is like. Um, there's several types of turbulence. Um, the most common you encounter in the aircraft is from shifting winds. We call that wind shear. So when the wind changes direction or speed in any way, that can cause a little bit of turbulence. Some other types we encounter are due to weather phenomena, such as uh, thunderstorms. Um, there's even a, a turbulence called mountain wave turbulence that is a result of the air flowing over mountain ranges and it comes off the backside of the mountains. It can be a little turbulent because it starts to spin around or create what we call vortices. And then the last one that we see a lot is thermal turbulence and that's just caused between hot and cold air masses that when they hit each other they tend to create a little area in between them that is turbulent. And even though it doesn't feel good, and I'm glad to hear that the flight crew doesn't particularly uh, like turbulence either, why as stressed passengers should we not worry so much or worry at all about turbulence? Yes, the aircraft is designed to handle turbulence. Um, obviously, we want to avoid it whenever possible. Um, as far as turbulence goes, it usually doesn't last very long. 
it's usually short-lived and if it is if it does get really bad your crew will try to climb or descend or change their route to get out of the turbulence as soon as possible so hopefully any turbulence you encounter doesn't last that long and, and if it does they've they've warned you a little bit about it and said hey we have some turbulence coming up we're putting the seatbelt sign on please be seated but as far as that it's it's just like weather sometimes we have what we call clear air turbulence we're flying along and we just hit bumps and they were unpredicted we don't know where they came from and it's difficult for us to know how long it's going to last so unfortunately i can't take away all the turbulence during the flight but i, I would certainly do my best to give you as smooth as a ride as possible because that's that's my main goal to get you there comfortably and if we were passengers observing the outside of a plane while it's at 35 or 38,000 feet and there was light to moderate turbulence would the plane be bouncing up and down wildly like it sometimes feels it is when you're in a seat yes the plane does move but what you might see especially if you're sitting over the wing if you're going through some turbulence maybe moderate turbulence you'll see the wing start to shake or flex a little bit and the engines as well will start will move a little bit the plane is designed to allow that to happen if the wing was extremely rigid, that would actually make the turbulence worse. So by allowing the wing to flex a little bit, it lessens the amount of turbulence you feel. That segues nicely into the third flight-related occurrence that freaks a lot of people out, and that's bad weather. You already talked about it a little bit in your discussion about turbulence. The bad weather uh, that can cause turbulence and all sorts of other things, it's not usually a surprise uh, to you or to other commercial pilots. You have radar, you have other people uh, on the ground who know what weather systems are about, correct? Yes, that is correct. And, and similar to turbulence, um, our, our first rule is to avoid any areas of known severe weather. If there is anything out there that the uh, our planner, which we call our dispatcher, or your pilot sees and is very concerned about, we'll just change our routing to avoid it if it's at all possible. If it's directly over the airport we're heading to, we'll delay the flight or they possibly even cancel it. So we have a lot of tools at our disposal for planning and avoidance of bad weather. We use, the, as you mentioned, weather charts, radar, we have satellite depictions. We also um, during flight, we can use our iPads, which are connected to Wi-Fi, so I can get actual radar depictions and chart depictions during the flight to let me know if I need to change anything or we need to alter our plan. And the other thing, uh, air traffic controllers have radar as well, so they can be helpful a lot of times too. A lot of times there's a flight ahead of you going the same direction to the same airport possibly, and that's another excellent resource is to find out, well, what's the ride like at this altitude or what's the weather doing? How far are you deviating around that storm? And, and is that a smooth ride doing that? So we have a lot of different ways that we try to avoid the, any kind of weather condition that we think might be detrimental to our, to our flight. Okay, the fourth happening on a flight that stresses people out the most is landing. So what's going on when the plane lands and why don't we really need to be worried about it? Okay. To land the aircraft, first off, we need to slow down again to a landing speed. So we use what's called leading edge devices on the front of the wing 
and trailing edge flaps on the backside of the wing to enable us to slow the aircraft down to a safe landing speed. What these devices do when they extend is they change the shape of the wing so that it generates more lift. When it generates more lift, this allows us to slow down so we can come in to land. So you might hear some noises when this happens. The noise can be caused by those devices extending into the slipstream or the air. So there's more drag, so you might hear a little bit of air noise when that happens. Also, the other thing we need to do to land is lower the landing gear. So when the landing gear lowers, the gear is very heavy, so you might hear a little bit of a thumping noise as it comes down. After landing, um, we need to slow the aircraft down to a taxi speed. So modern aircrafts are equipped with automatic braking systems, which include anti-skid systems. The amount of braking you feel after landing depends primarily on the amount of runway we have available for landing. So in other words, the shorter the runway, the heavier the braking will be after touchdown. I know at some airports, the heavy braking can be a little startling for you in the back if you're not prepared for it, but it is completely normal. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because sometimes it does feel like, oh, you didn't brake soon enough, so now you really have to step on the brakes. Uh, what's going on up there? So that's good to know. Okay, let's play a little lightning round of true or false Lightning, probably not the best word to use during this conversation, but in fact, it is the first item. Captain Arazo, true or false, if lightning hits a plane while it's in the air, it's not an issue? Yes, mostly true. Aircraft are designed to handle a lightning strike. So when lightning hits the aircraft, it usually enters in one spot, travels through the aircraft, and exits in a different location. And any time the aircraft is struck by lightning, it has to be undergo a complete maintenance inspection before its next flight. Now, are you aware, and would passengers be aware, that the plane was struck by lightning? Uh, yes. Generally, you can see it. Um, it's usually unexpected, so it can be a little bit of a startling effect for us as well. But um, I'll use an example. I was flying into LaGuardia one, one evening. So it was a little bit dark out. We were flying through a cloud layer, and there were some storms on either side of us, but we were going in between them, avoiding them. And suddenly there was a bright flash. It was right in front of the nose of the aircraft. Uh, we got hit by lightning. And after landing, a couple of passengers that were sitting uh, towards the front part of the aircraft asked me, did we get struck by lightning? So they were aware, too, because of the bright flash. Okay. True or false, planes can land without working engines or landing gear. True. An aircraft is capable of gliding after you lose both engines. So just as a, an easy example, let's say you're cruising around at 30,000 feet and you lose both engines. The aircraft could glide for probably close to 100 miles, depending on the winds, before needing to touch down. And landing gear, even without engine power, have a, a backup lever up front. It's a mechanical system that we can just pull this lever up and the landing gear will extend on their own. Okay, true or false? The bigger the plane, the less bumpy the flight. True. Smaller and lighter aircraft tend to feel turbulence more than larger aircraft. The turbulence in the air to move a big, let's say a 777 aircraft that weighs 600, 700,000 pounds 
it takes a little bit more turbulence to, for that aircraft to be bumped around than it would take for a smaller aircraft, um, like a regional airliner. It's less bumpy in the front of the plane than it is in the back of the plane. That is true as well. Um, it, it tends to be less bumpy in the front all the way, kind of up through the middle of the aircraft is the less bumpy ride. I would equate it to like riding on a city bus when you're in the front. If you go over a bump, you don't feel it as bad as if you're sitting in the back where you're just kind of bouncing up and down every time they go over a bump. And true or false, morning flights have fewer delays and less turbulence. True. And I actually enjoy flying in the morning other than having to get up real early. The flights tend to be smoother. The air is smoother. Weather and turbulence tend to build up during the day. As the sun comes up and heats the earth, you're going to get more, more bumpy air and more storms developing. So that also is another reason why there's less delays if you take a morning flight, because there's less weather to deal with or anything that's built up during the day. So you tend to get morning flights um, tend to be on schedule and a lot smoother. So let's imagine that the plane is boarding and... A passenger is sitting in a seat, getting ready for the flight to take off, and they're nervous. They're stressed. They may be really fearful of the flight that's about to happen, but they just have to go where they have to go. What is one thing, Dave, as a commercial pilot, that you would say that would help reassure this passenger? Um, I don't know if it would just be one thing. Um, you know, we see this often still. There, You know, there's a lot of people that are still flying for the very first time, and a lot of people do get stressed out about flying, and we understand that. So commercial airline travel continues to be one of the safest ways to travel. Crews, your pilots, your flight attendants are trained to very high standards. We stay current with regular visits to our training facilities every six to nine months minimum. And the aircraft we operate have numerous backup systems and are maintained by licensed professional mechanics. But as I said, we do understand that some people have concerns. And what I would tell them to do is to ask. A lot of people seem to think that pilots are unapproachable and they shouldn't, you shouldn't bother us because we're too busy. We love it when you stop up front, even if you just stick your head in and just want to say hello to us. We love that. Or if you have a question about the flight, if something's concerning you, please ask us. You can approach us in the gate area when you get on the airplane. You can ask the flight attendant, and we're always available to you. You are our passengers, and without you, we wouldn't be there. Captain Dave Arazzo, current commercial airline pilot and retired Air Force pilot, thank you so much for coming to the Chill Factory. I, for one, hope that you are my pilot on my next flight. Thank you. And you're welcome, and I, I hope to see you up there. Here are some more ways you can reduce flying stress and anxiety. And these first few you can do long before you step foot on a plane. Limit your media intake of airplane crashes. Sure, they deserve attention, they're often tragic, and they usually come with eye-popping video. But media coverage of them often makes it feel like they happen more frequently than they do. And in fact, they almost never happen. Arrive at the airport as chill as possible so that you're not adding any flying stress and anxiety. 
onto stress that you now have just getting to the gate. One of the best ways to do this is to leave for the airport early and arrive at the airport early, just in case there are any traffic or mass transit delays. Or if you're not familiar with the airport, it'll give you time to find out where you need to go. Pack lightly and try not to check bags, which can add stress and time onto your journey. Be organized and ready with things like IDs and boarding passes. Know where they are, know how to access them. This makes the check-in process and going through security a lot smoother. Also be ready with some relaxation exercises both before you get on the plane and if you experience stress and anxiety while flying. Of course, the Chill Factory app has tons of those options. Avoid sitting in crowded, noisy gate areas. Instead, walk around or wait for your flight in a quieter space. Now, if you experience turbulence once you're up in the air, here are a few things you can try. Keep your seatbelt fastened. Move your body with the motions of the plane. Push your body up off your seat. Hold on to the underside of your seat. Focus on solving a problem. Watch a movie, listen to music, or read. Talk with your roommate, and if it's appropriate, ask to hold your roommate's hand. Check out the flight crew to see if they seem stressed. And here's something I sometimes do when my flight is turbulent. I think about those planes that fly right through hurricanes to measure things like wind speed and air temperature. If they can stay up in the air, then so can the plane that I'm on. It's quitting time for this episode of The Chill Factory. I'm Jordan Friedman. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to follow The Chill Factory wherever you listen to your podcasts so you'll know when new episodes are available. And there's always more at thechillfactory.net. And as French composer Claude Debussy said, the century of airplanes has a right to its own music.